feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt just hanging out on a Monday night recording some overdue reviews. We just talked about two of cinema's finest with Morbius and The Bubble. But luckily, you guys can get those right now if you want. <laughs> things are going to blast off with this one. So today we are reviewing Richard Linklater's Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood uh, starring Glenn Powell, Zachary Levi, Jack Black, uh, Josh Wiggins, Lietti, Bill Wise, uh, Natalie Lamaru, uh, Jessica Bryn Cohen, uh, Danielle Guibo and more you should also mention uh, milo coy coy not My to bad. be confused with milo from morbius that's where i got confused sorry yeah. i skipped because they said jack black and then i i forgot to go above so milo is the main character in the movie yeah milo and coy. and milo is um, jack black is the voice of the adult version of milo yeah, who that's does where the voiceover i over narration up, yeah, yeah. That's where I messed up, everyone. I apologies. Apologies to Milo. Apollo. Uh, we are Apollo. Apo- uh, oh, that's good. That's good. See, that's like my morbi- morbid Anyways, uh, today we're reviewing Apollo Still 10 and a half. Make it happen. <laughs> uh, Eric, how are you? You've already kind of explained it. We've reviewed two movies we absolutely hated yeah. with Morbius and The Bubble. If you guys have seen those movies, I know a lot of people did see Morbius on the weekend. Go check out our review. We went full spoilers for kind of both of those movies since we're doing these on the Monday after they came out. Uh, so fair warning on that but i'm excited to talk to you about this one eric because i'm not as hot on it as i think you are um but that being said compared to those other two movies it is a a masterwork and an enjoyable movie at least uh so let's get into it what you think about apollo 10 and a half i liked it i don't think i loved it and i think the reason why it's keeping me from kind of embracing it the way i i love other Richard Linklater movies like the before films and boyhood is the rotoscoping and, and Linklater is yeah. interested in that and, and has been since, you know, segments in, in waking life and uh, in a scanner darkly. And, and again, you know, it's an aesthetic choice. It's an artistic decision that he's made. You know, you have to appreciate and respect that. And you can say, Oh, well, no, this would have been better as a live action movie or a different form of animation um, which, you know, I, I think probably would be so if you are not a fan of the look, because, you know, the, especially with kind of like the blurring effects in the background and kind of almost the, the if weird... you don't buy into the animation star style, it's hard to kind of buy into. The yeah. Movie. That being said, I think what Linklater does well with a lot of these movies when it comes to, you know, films that are coming from a place that is very personal to him is that you know, he's great at making hangout movies, um, specifically films that are about character first and plot third or fourth, because this is really, there's no plot to this whatsoever. Literally the setup of this, this film is that is, this is taking place in 1969, the summer that um, Apollo 11 blasted off into outer space and landed on the moon. And it's seen from the point of view of this young boy who's about to kind of embark on adolescence himself and sort of in a moment of time in both 
history and growth that things are changing in the world around him and how everything is changing culturally, um, socially, and all these kind of moments in this one microcosm in this one summer. And that is basically it. There's this kind of false framing device that kind of would make you think that like, oh, the story is, you know, this kid having this kind of fantasy about, you know, being the first astronaut in to land the first kid astronaut to land uh with apollo 10 and a half because the people at nasa uh near houston made the wrong specifications with pretty actual... funny bit it pretty is it is bit. like that is a, that is a funny moment and again like that's like kid logic coming into play where it's like how would how would a kid sort of rationalize like nasa you know creating this ship that's tailor-made for him and not anybody else and well the reasoning behind that is that they just like they they had the wrong mechanics it was a mistake yeah (laughs) and and i really do like um they spent so much money so they still needed to test it with someone yeah yeah they need to justify the cost which is like almost like when you buy you know a movie on blu-ray and you're like you spend like so much money it's like i'm justifying this because i like it so much and you know like i gotta i gotta give it an extra star bump because of that um and and i really do like uh glenn powell specifically in that scene because it also reminds you of how good he was uh and everybody wants some which is a great movie movie movie. as well and weirdly underrated in in link later's uh filmography and and unfairly kind of um you know tossed off as just simply a minor dazed and confused which both movies i think are great uh yeah there's not a lot here that is like mind-blowing or revolutionary i think the most interesting aspect of this film is that even though it's kind of you know looking back fondly at a nostalgic moment in in linklater's own childhood it's semi-autobiographical he grew up in uh the houston area in the houston in the suburbs it weirdly is cynical as well which i thought was fascinating because the way that it's looking at it, it's not saying just like, oh, these were better times than now. And like, you know, the generation that is growing up, like it's all lost on them completely. How, it, you know, everything was amazing at this time. I think it's saying like, oh, there was a time where the U.S. was a country that was a leader and it was cutting edge and innovative and truly one of the great countries of the world and it shot for further than the stars and now look at what the u.s has become and you know especially his generation i think it is cynical of you know the current state yeah the current state but not of of you know millennials or or no no more of his own generation than anything else like the imagination is gone the love is gone like what happened to all of that yeah i agree um Yeah, I'm a little softer on it, but I think we're still in similar territory where, um, you know, I thought the movie was okay. I'm with you on the rotoscoping where it's hard to get past it. I just don't love the look of rotoscoping. I'm a thousand percent with you where I'm like, release the live action cut of this where (laughs) I'm like, I think I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. Um, if it was live action, that being said, even if it was live action, I found myself, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I know a lot of link later stuff is like this. Sometimes it works for me. Like, and everybody wants some, I love the before movies. Um, obviously people love boyhood. I don't love boyhood. Um, 
I thought Boyhood relied a lot on its gimmick, and I thought the actual content of the movie wasn't as interesting as the gimmick. And that's fine. That's a partly what the movie is. It's a gimmick. Um, I just thought in Boyhood and in this, uh, similar kind of things of a of a kid growing up in a specific time and over a period of time. And in this, it just lists off a lot of things that he enjoyed doing or he remembers from when he was a kid. And I called it ready player one for boomers because like it literally what that book does ready player one and what the movie Spielberg kind of elevated the material a little bit. I know people don't love that movie. I like it. And I liked the book. Sorry, everyone. The book is, and even when I was, I remember listening to that audiobook narrated by Will Wheaton. Eric always points that out. This should have um, been narrated by Will Wheaton. Um, Would you have given it a higher rating? Yeah. Um, but I remember even when I was listening to the Ready Player One audiobook before the movie came out, I remember going over to your house when we watched American Sniper. Remember this? Oh God, I yeah. went over and I was talking to you and Kyle about it. And I'm like, I'm listening to this audiobook, Ready Player One. Like, I'm having you know, mixed feelings on it because like, obviously I like the ideas that are in there. It's Willy Wonka, but for the eighties nerd video gamer generation. And I'm like, there's some cool stuff in there, but his writing style is just listing things off that he liked or he remembered. Like, it's like, here's a list of things that I liked and it'll make you feel nostalgic for these things. And I feel like that's what this movie does. It sets up it's, it's, you know, plot which you said which there's not much of a plot but it sets it up then it kind of takes a detour to just go oh he hangs out uh for a while and i'm gonna tell you everything i enjoyed living in houston in that time period i'm gonna list every tv show i watched i'm gonna list every board game i played everywhere that i went to go get food and everywhere i went with my friends and like every thing we did and it's just like to me it started after a while i'm just like Okay, I get it. You grew up during that time. That's great. I'm glad you had a great time, but you're just listing shit off. And it's like, to me, it wasn't a hangout movie because it just goes, oh, when I was at home with my brothers and sisters, we watched this was on TV at this time. And this was at this time. And here's the logos for all these TV shows that you remember where it was Knight Rider and or not right. Knight Rider might not have been that. That was 80s. No, that, that was the um, 80s, man. 80s. Sorry. I mean, um, Dark I'm Shadows. Hawaii Five Out, Hawaii Five O, all these Batman. different kind of Batman. The logos for all those classic shows. Sorry, I don't know why I went to Knight Rider. Um. Great show, Night Rider. <laughs> just a huge Hoff um, fan. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean of just like listing. It's just a giant list of n- stuff he's nostalgic for. And to me, there's not that much interesting there. And then when you layer that on top of the rotoscoping, it just kind of made me want to get through it. And it wasn't that I wasn't enjoying myself because like, I'm in that middle ground of like, I'm not not enjoying myself and I didn't dislike the movie. I just kind of went through the motions and I was just like, you know, I think maybe I would tell my dad to watch this movie, right? Like, I I just feel like maybe he wouldn't get past the rotoscoping either, but like, I really do... I don't mean it as an insult when I say it's ready player one for a boomer generation. It's just like, you know, every generation kind of needs, you know, something to feel nostalgic for. And here's a list of things you remember. And it's going to make you feel like, Ooh, I remember that. I remember playing with my friends back then or watching that on TV with my family. And like, I get it. And the movie's not trying to be much more than that. Um, But it reminded me of why Linklater like is hit or miss where I don't think that this is a miss, but 
I've been kind of flat on a lot of his stuff just because it doesn't get its hooks in me. But like, I think the before trilogy is incredible and everybody wants some was one of my favorite movies of that year. Um, so I like that kind of hangout, uh, more than something like this. So I don't know. I'm, I'm mixed on it. I like Glenn Powell. I like Zachary Levi. Like I like, you know, those interjections from them as they were going through some of the space training. And, and I like the funny bit of being like, we made it too small and we can't send a monkey up there. Cause we, he can't do what we need him to do. And like that stuff is funny. It's just, I don't know. It, to me, overstate it's welcome a little bit. And I'm like, I get it. Give me a list of more things you remember. <laughs> right. See, I, I don't disagree with you in, in the sense of like, it, it is kind of fondly uh, remembering a, a, a time when, you know, there was this moment in history. And again, like you're, you're seeing a lot of filmmakers tackle, you know, the late sixties, early seventies, even with Tarantino with once upon a time in Hollywood and sort of revisionist history of Edgar Wright. Yeah. And, well, and, and those moments in, in sort of them coming of age and growing up and, and I link later is older than um, both Tarantino and, and uh, right. But Wright. Yeah. Um, there's something about his kind of laid back quality to his approach and the tone yeah. of this movie that I liked more than ready player one, which I oh, feel is I get so that. obnoxious and bombards you with, so like it's it's just adrenaline to the to the point where like it, I'd prefer Ready Player One hangout in that in that apocalyptic universe or something like that that you don't necessarily go into the fucking oasis or whatever. The See, I'm all called. about me. I'm all about eating ham five times a week in different styles, and um, I actually kind of like I like I again like your criticisms are valid. I, I just think that like when it comes to like some of the montages when he's talking about like, Oh, this, these are the things that kids would do when they were outside. And like, it's surprising that we kind of even lived through this stuff. Like, Oh, totally. Like, yeah. Like that stuff. It's, and it also weirdly also like, there's a moment that reminded me of something from like Terrence Malick's the tree of life where it's like, you know, you look at humanity's place in this moment in time and how it kind of all, you know, culminates in this kind of big historic moment but then also you have all these other major historic moments happening around the same time with with civil right movements and and um cultural changes and and just again like you know seeing a kid kind of come of age and then there are i think a couple small little moments that i found very moving where like you know the the family's coming back from you know watching a movie at a drive-in and the dad takes the kid out oh, of totally, uh, the yeah. car because he's fallen asleep and takes him to Carries the bedroom inside, like that yeah. that those little moments i think are are very kind of moving in a way and i even like the dad when like they're going to the drive-in and they're sneaking in like you know this is a big family like five of the kids and like you know they get like the rates or the prices for for under 12 because it's like for free or something and then just and not half like, of them are hiding in the trunk yeah, and in the damn in straight the <laughs> yeah and stuff like that is great and don't get me wrong like it even made me like i, I don't think you have to be richard linklater's age to enjoy no some of the stuff there because even like you said some of the stuff with the kids just playing like the the card and the bicycle to make that like kind of blah, 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 like sound when your spokes would go around. I'm like, that's all shit we continued to do as kids. At least I did in the, in the nineties and stuff like that too. So you, it just growing up and being a kid, you're going to find something in this movie. And I feel like that's ultimately why, you know, 
I didn't not like the movie. It's just for me got a little grating by the end of it, but I totally see that. I like those more human moments. I like the family hanging out. It reminded me of stories my dad would tell about his big family or whatever. Yeah. We didn't live in Houston near the, near NASA, but like, or I even like that, the idea of that everyone works at NASA, but your dad has the shitty job at NASA. Like that stuff is funny. Like that is a funny bit. Like it's, it would be impressive to anyone that you work at NASA, but you're like, my dad's not one of the astronauts or he's not one of the engineers. He's like this guy. And I'm like, where everyone at school, their parents all work at NASA. So it's not even like you have that up on someone is like, Oh, my dad works at NASA. It's like, Oh, what's your dad do at NASA? It's like, oh, he's this guy. And then that's kind of a embarrassment to a kid. And I think that stuff is clever and funny. And I'm not against like a hangout movie, especially during this time period. And I really do think I would have liked it a little bit more if it wasn't rotoscoped. And I, I know that's a, it's just a hard thing to get past. Yeah. And like, uh, and that's kind of why I, um, I'm surprised that, you know, he's still playing with it and he must like it, which is totally fair. It's just, um, for me, it's, I just don't love the look of it. And I'm like, man, if I want to see the just raw footage of this. And I know you probably don't have a cut done with all the other animation that you do on top of the actual footage you shot, but, um, or I don't know exactly how rotoscoping works. Does like, do they cut the whole movie and then rotoscope it or do they rotoscope specific scenes and then edit it that way? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, that's something you should ask, uh, Dick Linklater and see if, uh, he I'm down to talk to him. The other, the other thing that I do really like as well, when it comes to the connection between your parents and your grandparents and, and talking about like how, you know, the dad gets in all those kids, you know, to the, to the drive-in theater is when, you know, you share traits with your, your parents and your grandparents and like everybody's scamming the system in one way or another, or like trying to make things last. Like you see, you know, the one grandfather kind of like keeping nails for as long as he possibly can or then when, you know, the kids go to the arcade and how they're trying to get as much out of a, you know, a a, a nickel, a quarter with a drink and like playing multiple games and how there's like a system to that. That stuff I do like. So that's the thing. Like if you notice the stuff we're focusing on wasn't that listy kind of stuff like that was the the stuff where it went on i'm like all right you listed like seven more board games than you needed to (laughs) and like that went on with the tv shows and board games and and different things like that but i like those little moments that do bring you into that era more so than just listing off shit that was from that era right like that moment of time of being a quarter could last you it could get you a soda. It could get you a little snack and it could get you one game on a pinball machine. But if you were good enough at that pinball game, you could ride that for like an entire afternoon, right? Like that is awesome. Like that's, that's the kind of stuff I want. And that that's like growing up as a kid in that era would be like the shit I'm interested in. I remember my dad telling me about that. Cause like even like, those are the stories that I almost want to, I don't talk to my dad enough about that kind of stuff or it makes me want to go back and listen to stories like that. Because even if us as a kid, I remember getting, it's, everyone has that story, right? And it's universal. It's just inflation has changed it. So it's just like when we were kids, I remember what a toonie could get me, which was like a 99 cent bottle of pop. It could get me a bag of chips. And then I might have something, you know, we didn't have to go to arcades even in the nineties, we would go home and play super Nintendo or something like that. Right. Like every generation could have a movie like Apollo 10 and a half. And I, I like those movies about kids 
growing up in a certain period of time and what they would get up to. And then adding in that twist of it being near NASA is a fun story and a fun hook. It's just the rotoscoping and kind of the listicle kind of nature the movie takes a detour from is just like, um, I had very mixed feelings by the end, but ultimately thought it was all right. You thought like the main character is going to start singing. These are a few of my favorite things. <sighs> Anyways, that's the stuff. And that's the stuff in boyhood. I didn't love either. It's just like, I got to rewatch boyhood. But like when I first watched it, I really couldn't get past. I'm like, all right, you guys all love this movie because of how he shot it. And I really feel like, and maybe I'm just not seeing it for what it is, which it's called boyhood. Of course, it's just things that he, got up to as he was growing up but to me there wasn't anything interesting in that it was like yeah i grew up i'm the same age as this kid yeah i played with a fucking game boy i understand there's nothing interesting here and i'm like so like it to me it went through the motions of like okay here's a fucking a year later let's catch up with this kid and what he's doing it's like yeah i lived through all that shit it's not that not that interesting to me it, this and mad max are going to be the two takes that kill me um or no, do you think part killed. of that as well is because um, you lived through it? Do you think that because pro- like probably. something like Apollo 10 and a half or even like dazed and confused, like the way that it, or everybody wants some, like there's a lot of stuff in there that is referencing similar things, but of that period. Yeah, and totally. because we weren't around in that period. Um, it's it, more interesting to me. It's more yeah. charming. Yes. And charming. Yeah. I, I would say both of those things and boyhood. I, Again, much like Mad Max, we'll give another shot to. I've only watched Boyhood the one time, where Mad Max I've watched like four or five times, and it just never works for me. Um, You're wrong. (laughs) I know. I know, Eric. I'm probably wrong about Boyhood as well. But um, anyway, it's just, um, I like the movie. Don't get me. I probably sound more negative than I actually am. I'm going to give the movie, I'm going to give the movie a three out of five. Like, I think it's, totally watchable it's mildly enjoyable um but i don't think it's anything more than that and i did have kind of some issues with just you know the listy nature of kind of it's not storytelling but even its hangout moments yeah i mean i i still didn't necessarily love it the way that i love the before films or boyhood or everybody wants some or dazed and confused um but i just enjoyed it for what it was and i felt like of those kind of movies where it doesn't really require a lot of plot and more so just kind of focused on the characters and just, again, kind of creating a mood and atmosphere for the time. It it, it works. The only thing that's really holding it back, I think is the rotoscoping. And, And again, you know, you have to respect the choice that he made to use it. That's, that's his decision. And that's, you know, something that the filmmaker wants to do and yeah i could see some people doing kind of a parody version of release the rotos the non-rotoscope cut oh god uh we should start that movement i mean you know? blink later fans are too laid back i think no like, no one's no one's doing that i no. i assure you everyone watched this they went that's pretty good and then moved on exactly <laughs> like, and that's the kind of movie it is like i think like yeah. like richard linklater we would even tell you that like i made this movie is just kind of like oh this is like a kind kind of like fond yeah he's nostalgic for his childhood on. yeah and i actually really liked um jack black's voiceover yeah i thought so it was I. really uh restrained and wistful and and contemplative and love jack that, black yeah i mean like he, he has moments where he can be very enthusiastic in his delivery but it's also very kind of like just again like 
mindful of the time and 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 very kind of nuanced in a way that like I, I don't think Jack Black is often given that opportunity to kind of be that way, especially when just doing a voice. Yeah, I'm excited to see Glenn Powell in Top Gun because I feel like that guy. Um, I feel like he should be a bigger star than he yeah, already is. That's what I mean, right? And yes. I, I feel like since everybody wants some, you know, he's popped up in you know hidden figures and um which is also funny because this that connects to this with the yeah, totally. you know with the uh, john uh glenn so yeah so i um i'm excited to see him kind of in a big movie like top gun which we are way closer to than i thought playing a can um, baby i'm gonna give apollo a ten and a half oh, a sorry. three and a half out of five yeah yeah so we're kind of in the same range yeah. just uh, uh we're not know, completely out of orbit thank you all for listening uh we have other reviews which we would love for you guys to check out for morbius and the bubble um i'm sorry if you watched either of those movies but if you want someone to have a cathartic release with and 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 talk a about how much they session if you yeah will. how much they also did not like them and if you did like them sorry um go check those out on untitled movie reviews or on youtube um, we also have uh, some great content out for everything, everywhere, all at once. A movie that Eric and I are absolutely in love with. Go check out that review on YouTube and podcast services. Uh, we also have interviews um, with the cast and crew of that movie. Uh, so go check those out. Um, the Daniels, Ki Hui, Kwan, and, and it just fantastic stuff. The movie that I'm obsessed with, I can't wait to see again. So go check those out as well. Um, one-stop shop over on Letterboxd at Untitled underscore Movies. You can find all of our reviews, our interviews, our main shows. No main show this week. Um, we're doing these interviews we did for everything everywhere all at once is kind of the replacement this week, unless something crazy happens where we have to, you know, jump on and talk to one another. But I feel like after the Oscars, we could use a little bit of a break yeah. of like, and we'll put out some stuff for a movie we re really love. So go check that out. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all the social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. It's one small step for man, one giant leap for Dick Linklater.